Hey everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Serial Killers Cafe. I'm your host, Stephanie, here with my co-host, Ariel. Hello, hello. And happy Wednesday. If you haven't noticed already, guys, we got a new logo. We're super Love excited it. about it. Um, so check that out. Uh, we put it on our Facebook, Instagram, all those fun places. And definitely want to have, like, t-shirts made. Oh, definitely swag 100 percent. yes love a good love swag yes it's my favorite so today guys we are talking about amelia dyer aka the baby farmer this is a good one yeah and it's like as weird as you 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 probably were like oh and uh it's that's it yep and we're actually doing (laughs) yep and we're actually doing um a little bit of female serial killers so our next few episodes are going to be all about female serial killers bitches are crazy yeah super crazy which like we kind of know right because we're crazy too but it's fine um but yeah amelia dyer so let's get started yeah let's do this all right amelia elizabeth dyer was born in the uk she was in case you're wondering hanged that was her execution so Um, She was also known as the Reading Baby Farmer and Mrs. Thomas. She was married to George Thomas and William Dyer. She had one, two, three children. Ellen, Mary Ann, also known as Polly. Weird. Yeah. Uh, And terrible. Yeah. (laughs) And William. And her motive was financial gain. Um, They actually say that her victims were like 200 to 400 plus, but they literally only confirmed 12. That's crazy. Which, again, is something we see all the time. Right. Um, her span of crimes, obviously no one really knows when they started, but they ended in 1896, um, in the UK and she was finally apprehended April 3rd of 1986. No. 1896. 1896. I was like, wow, that's not that long ago. I know. <laughs> they were hanging she people then? for 200 years? Interesting. They were hanging people then? Weird. <laughs> JK, guys, 1896. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, Amelia Elizabeth Dyer, uh, like Stephanie said, she uh, took to killing babies. So, basically, she was trained as a nurse. And when her husband died, she was trying to find a way to support herself, which, like, good for you. Except for, did you have to kill infants? Yeah, like, this is, there are so many things you could have tried. So like- many things. Um, so let's talk a little bit about her early life because like pretty much every killer we talk about, she had like a pretty messed up early life. Ooh, and just in case you guys don't know, baby farming is the practice of adopting unwanted infants in exchange for money to like support yourself. Right. So if you don't know what baby farming is. But like you're not supposed to kill them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like you're not <laughs> like you're just supposed to get the money and then like take care of them. Right. It's just some extra and, like, funds. Them out and yeah. I because I guess like, this was a thing. Yes. In the 1800s, especially in England, like, this was just, like, a normal thing. Because, obviously, they didn't have birth control, so people had a lot of unwanted pregnancies, and this is what they would do. Uh, and normally, it was fine. <laughs> These babies were just adopted to loving families who wanted them, except for... Uh, yeah, you're just not supposed then. to kill them at right, the end. Right. <laughs> yeah. You're supposed to, like, find them another fam or maybe raise them. Right. Any, so, anything but kill them would be... Yeah, pretty, pretty much anything else would have been okay. <laughs> Uh, so, Amelia Dyer was born um, the youngest of five children. Um, she was born in a small village. Um, this is kind of hard to say. I'm just going to say it's in Bristol, England, because I can't pronounce the other part of it. <laughs> um, so, her father was a shoemaker, um, and her mom just, she stayed at home. 
Um, she actually, Amelia really enjoyed um, reading and writing and literature, and she seemed to do pretty well um, in school. However, at home, there was a lot of not great stuff going on. Um, her mother had pretty severe mental illness that was caused from typhus, which obviously back then, like, we didn't have vaccines for stuff. So, um, basically, her mother would just have these, like, violent fits, uh, and she was very hard to tell, you know, who she was going to be, how she was going to behave. And um, so I think that Amelia had to kind of put up a lot with that. And she um, witnessed a lot of these outbursts um, while she was caring for her mother. And her, so her mother finally died in 1848. After her mother died, Amelia went to live with her aunt. Uh, and while she was there, she actually um, served as an apprentice to a corset maker. However, at uh, so at the age of 24, she became mostly estranged from her family. Um, she really didn't, like her mother had passed away. She really didn't talk to her brothers or sisters. Um, and she ended up getting married for the first time to a man named George Thomas. George was actually, so she was 24 when they got married. George was actually 59. Yikes. Yeah, so it's a pretty. I'm all about an age gap, but like that's a lot. That's that's a a big one. Um, They actually both lied about their age on the marriage certificate. I think just to be more people would be more accepting. Um, And also, like, how did he look? Like, if she looked 24, did he look 59? Like, that's where I'm confused. Like, you can only lie. They didn't have Botox back then. You can only lie so much. So, like, do you? Did he just age really well? Maybe, maybe he was one of those like really lucky people who just didn't wrinkle. I don't know. Yeah, very interesting. So, like I said, she was working as an apprentice to a corset maker, but that really wasn't, like, what she wanted to be doing. So after she married George Thomas, um, she started training to be a nurse. Uh, And while she was training to be a nurse, she actually um, became friendly with a midwife, uh, Ellen Dane. And Ellen was kind of the one who introduced to her the whole baby farming thing. How kind. Um, I know, right. I'm sure she didn't say, make sure you killed him at the end, though. Right. Like, I think <laughs> she was probably trying to do it as, like, a legitimate way to help people. Right. But. 100%. Um, so, actually, you know what? Maybe not. Now that I'm rereading my notes, I think this Ellen Dane lady was crazy. Um, it basically says that she used her <laughs> own home. I'm like assuming that she's a nice, a decent human being, but I don't think she is because it says that. um, So she would provide lodging for people or people for women who had conceived illegitimately, and then farming off the babies for adoption or allowing them to die of neglected malnutrition. Oh shit! So apparently, this is where Amelia kind of got her taste for. The, like, letting them die and or killing them thing. Okay, so we take that back. Alan Dane is a terrible human being. Right, like, she's awful, and this is how um, Amelia actually was introduced to this terrible, terrible lifestyle. That's so interesting. Um, Like, imagine, like, oh, this is just happens to be the person you meet, and that right. turns you into a murderer. <laughs> like, understandable. And, like, I'm assuming, to, like, now I'm like, oh, is Ellen Dane a serial killer? Do we know about her? I know, right? She probably, I mean, probably. <sighs> At least she's a serial letting babies die of malnutrition, which should be considered killer. Yeah, true. Uh, so, also, a little side note here. A lot of the babies that were farmed, and I use that in quotes, um, basically, in order to save money, 
people would, like we said, would starve them to just kind of quicken the death a little bit. And if the babies were, quote, noisy or demanding, so, you know, all babies, yeah, (laughs) Um, they would be sedated with alcohol and or opiates. So that's fun. But like, why? I don't. So here's the thing. I, I know that in the 1800s, opium wasn't like what it is or wasn't looked at the way it is now um, because there was actually this um, medicine, I guess you would call it, called Mother's Friend. Um, and it was basically just like kind of like a cough syrup, but it had opium in it. Oh, so I guess this was kind of the norm for people to do. And apparently baby farmers really took advantage of it. I'm just like picturing these big, huge Victorian houses with just like hundreds of cribs and babies doped up on opium, just like laying there. Yeah, it's like crazy, too, because it's like, how can you be so heartless? Like, you know, they're suffering like just for my son fell the other day. I felt bad for like 10 minutes. Uh, It was his fault because he didn't (laughs) listen to me. Like, I was like, don't do that. And he was like, I'm going to do it anyway. And then fell and got hurt. And I still was like, oh, my little nugget face is going to be okay." Right. Like, I couldn't imagine sitting there and being like, it's fine. I'm just going to drug them so they die faster. And then you have to get rid of it. Yeah. Right. What are you doing with these? And like the worst. Yeah, like you're not saving them all. A lot of these babies, it said that they didn't die from like an overdose of drugs. They died from starvation. Because basically these people are just like drugging them and like forgetting about them. Right. So they're just like sitting in their own filth and not getting fed. And starving to death. Right. Which like, oh my God, these poor babies. And it's not their fault that people suck and like kept getting knocked up. Oh, that's really sad. And then so... The other thing, too, is because I'm like, all right, wasn't there a uh, coroner something that, like, checked out these bodies? Because a lot of them were actually reported, like, okay, yep, this baby died. And I guess basically what the coroner would say would just, he would put it as um, its ability from birth or lack of breast milk. Or starvation. Apparently, no one cared that all these babies were dying of starvation. Yeah, it seems like it was a very common way to just, like, handle an unwanted pregnancy, basically. Like, have the baby and just let it die. Yeah. But everyone seems very okay with that. They do. I know a lot of people, like, it just didn't seem like a lot of people questioned it. Um, So, anyway, so let's get, we sidetracked a little. Let's get back to Amelia. So, um, when she really started this baby farming thing was in 1869. This is when her husband died, and she was just, she was desperate for income. So, like I said, she officially started her child farming business. Right. Like, like it's like a, like a side hustle. I'm going to put on my LinkedIn, you know. <laughs> like, it's oh, fine, guys. Man. And I think that, like. Efficient in baby farming. It just says that she was so desperate to make money um, from baby farming. And she would also take in the women, um, like, while they were still pregnant. They would live with her, give birth, and then leave. So, I mean, of course, she didn't advertise, like, give me your baby. I'll kill them. Um, She, like, made it. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I guess my question is, like, it says, you know, like, the woman would give her, like, a substantial one-off payment. But, like, Mm -hmm. how much was that then? Like, $20? I know. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know what I mean? Like, oh, well, just I'll house you and feed you until your baby comes out just to kill it. I know. It's bizarre. It's, oh my gosh, this whole, this whole, like, practice of baby farming is Mm -hmm. insane to me. It really is. Well, and, like, the best part is she would, 
So she would advertise as like this loving older woman who just wanted to save all the babies. Um, and, she, you know, just say, oh, you know, she's a respectable, married, older woman. She's going to give your child a nice, loving home and she'll get them adopted out. Like she was just a piece of shit. Like because. And, people and then it's like none of her. these parents cared. Like they didn't follow up after. Well, and or like that's the terrible thing is if they tried to follow up she like wouldn't let them either she'd be like oh baby's gone got adopted you can't know who has it or she'd be like oh died on yeah, like is there like, paperwork like in the I in this time no. frame was there paperwork like now you obviously have to like take classes and sign your life away and give right. all your blood to someone just to prove you're a person i know you know what Apparently i mean like then you could probably just hand the baby over to someone that person would get a birth certificate made and that right. would be it I know. And I think that's why it was so easy for her to do this. No one questioned it. There wasn't a big paper trail like there is now, you know? Yeah, and well, no one just seemed to care about these babies. Like, they were like, I mean, this is, like, at some point, someone must have been like, oh, this is, like, a pretty legitimate thing. Because right. so many people were doing it. Yeah. Uh, so, this is, <laughs> oh, God, it just gets worse. So, a few years later, 1872, she married again, William Dyer. So, that's obviously how she ended up with her last name. Um, he was just a laborer. He was from Bristol, which is where she grew up. Um, they had two children. and that So, that was Marianne, also known as Polly. I just don't understand how Polly comes from Marianne. Me either. I guess it's, it's very, just, it's very it's, confusing no. to me. Um, and William. However, she eventually ended up leaving her husband. They weren't married very long. Um... And maybe he was against the baby farming. Maybe he didn't want her to kill babies. He was like, I think it would be cool if you didn't kill babies. And she was like, well, I didn't ask for your opinion, right? sir. Right, so, so fuck you I'm going to go. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, so this is going on for years that she is just farming these babies and killing yeah, them. Yeah, we're like three, four years already. Right. And it just keeps going on and on and on and, and no one's questioning it. And the way we think, guys, like we're talking about like at least 50 to 100 babies a year. Right. Like, easily. Right. This That's wasn't a, like, oh, a few babies a year. It was like no, she was like doing, once like... once a week, she's killing a baby. Yeah. Minimum. Mm-hmm. So, that's... Yeah, that's insane. Um, so, this is the best part. So, she, she kind of gets caught a little, but not really. So, basically, she eluded the police for a long time, and she had legitimate reasons for their deaths or whatever. So, in 1879, though, a doctor was suspicious about the number of children that had been died in her care had been died that had died. i was like wow <laughs> okay ariel <laughs> that took a lot out of me uh that had died in her i like care. how now someone's like this seems a little fishy like she's got right. 300 babies already yeah, where have you all been all of these years and like they got death certificates because up until now she wasn't just disposing of the bodies like these were legitimate she was like oh here's another one see you next week like, <laughs> I, oh my gosh wow and guys just so you know like it there was at some point be- right before all this happens like and assuming where maybe a lot of the suspicion started coming from is like she, all of these babies were dying from neglect and starvation which obviously means you're not literally trying or doing anything whatsoever anything. and so the only reason she started murdering them is so she didn't have to even pay to get them <laughs> neglected and starved because right. she wanted to keep all the money so right. like if you just kill a baby once you have it right. you obviously don't even have to like pay for the opioid syrup mm-hmm. the mother's right. friend food anything like not yeah. like you're not even like you're like okay so it's just dead i don't have to worry about it like it's just oh my god this she is- thought she was a smart pants <laughs> yo um so the doctor reports her right and but this is the best part so she doesn't get convicted of murder 
she gets convicted of manslaughter and she's sentenced to six months hard labor for neglect. What is hard labor considered in the 1800s? That's what I would like I to feel know. like it was probably pretty bad, but not like you just, you've killed hundreds of babies. That, no. Yeah, like how everyone's like, okay, so you did what you did. Let's and just not do it months, again. That's nothing. So, I mean, poor Amelia I want to say we've come so far in our justice system, but we haven't. <laughs> it's sad. That I that, laugh like, so I don't cry. It's fine. Though, really. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, she has been quoted saying that the experience destroyed her mentally. Um, no one cares. So. I mean, you killed yeah. numerous Right. Like, literally, like, really, no yeah. one cares about you. <laughs> yeah. You're a terrible person. 10 out of 10 wouldn't recommend you as a friend. Right. <laughs> or a child care person. No, oh, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> uh, but so apparently f- after her time spent doing hard labor, um, she actually had a couple of stints in mental hospitals and tried to kill herself a couple times. So Ooh. she's really saying that this hard labor just pushed her over the edge. And she literally even tried to resume her nursing career even though she was like losing her mind. Right. Right. Which I'm guessing probably didn't go well, which is also what sent her to the mental hospitals. Mm-hmm. And then, so here's the other thing, though, is what th- we, it was kind of hard to tell whether or not she was faking the mental stuff or it was real because it just so happened that, like, right when people were kind of being like, hmm, that's weird, you have a lot of dead babies, she'd be like, oh my god, nervous breakdown, gotta go to a mental hospital. And then, so she'd be gone for a few months, people would forget about it, and then she'd come back out and start all over again. Uh, And so she was also, at a time, she was a nurse in a mental asylum, so she kind of knew how to, like, play the system. Uh, So really, while she was in there, she was quite comfortable. And, like, mental asylums back then were bad i've watched some effed up documentaries about them like they yeah. make me sick just watching them i mean, obviously i still watch it but it makes what me else Ill. are we supposed to <laughs> well, yeah <laughs> avoid things that make us uncomfortable ridiculous yeah um so yeah so mental asylum suicide attempts all that good stuff yeah so uh, after her failed suicide attempts in numerous mental hospital stints she obviously went back to baby farming what she knows best i was gonna say you do what you're good at <laughs> Uh, don't fix what's broken. No, don't. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe I said it wrong. Um, she was obviously a bit more careful because obviously at least a few people had caught on to what she was doing. And so to avoid detection from police and the parents of the children she was caring for, she'd actually relocate all the babies and her children to new towns where she wouldn't know anyone and could get new business. First of all, that's so much work. I was just thinking that. <laughs> I Just moving with me and my husband and dogs is a lot of work. I do. Yeah, Never like, mind. when my husband and I moved here, we were like, we're not moving until we get, like, the house of our dream. Like, exactly. I'm not doing it again. No. I can't imagine being like, let me pick up these hundreds of babies I have, <laughs> along with my children and my possessions, and then right. go somewhere else. Yeah. No. Absolutely not. Like, oh my God. Maybe she really was making good money then, because it seems like a very expensive thing to she be She had doing. to have been. <laughs> And because it, they make it sound like she's renting these, like, Victorian houses every single time. She's got to have a lot of space for all these babies, so... Yeah, they're not all in the trunk of your car. No. <laughs> <laughs> At least I don't think. I don't I know. I hope not. Um, yeah, Do so they then... they have cars, then? She did this, and then <laughs> in, 19, in 1893... I'll get it right before this is over, <laughs> I promise, guys. Um, she had another one of her, like, breakdowns. Um, and spent more time in the mental asylum. Which, again, now I'm wondering, like, where are your kids and your all your babies? And the babies, During right. this time, was someone like, oh, my God. So she went in the mental asylum and I found 20 babies. Or are all the babies dead? 
I, maybe she makes sure they're dead before she has her break down. But then no one checks on her house while she's like, like I this know. whole thing is so yeah, fishy. It's very strange. So, um, apparently that time was super unenjoyable. <laughs> like apparently all the other times the were tolerable, she- <laughs> but this one was not. So she actually never returned to another asylum, which is definitely also what makes us believe that she was faking it. Right. Because she literally was like, okay, well, I'm not going to go through that again. Yeah. Um, So then two years later, she moved to Caversham, Berkshire, um, accompanied by an unsuspecting associate, Jane Granny Smith. Oh, this is so messed up. (laughs) Um, Whom Dyer had recruited. So now she's not only baby farming, she's recruiting people to help her. Right. Um, So she then... Uh, so then she moved again because, you know, that's what she, she does. She's to keep moving. Um, and she persuaded, so Granny Smith persuaded Dyer to be referred to as, like, the mother in front of innocent women hanging over their children. And it was supposed to, like, show this, like, mother-daughter image and show that she was, like, super caring. And, like, it was, like, super fucked up. So on March 30th of 1896, oh, see, got it, guys. A deceased baby girl was found floating by a barge, and the police were notified. The detective was able to use minor clues and trace the baby back to Dyer, which I'm assuming because, like, she obviously does this in a very specific way for it to be successful. Right. And, like, there weren't millions of baby killers then. Like, right. you know, when we talked about, like, the Sunset Strip killers and the freeway killers, there were a ton of them at that time. But, like... I, I doubt there were numerous people just murdering babies left and right, right. in the 1800s. I think she was fairly well known. Also for her, like, for, for being suspicious AF. Right. Yes. So the police went to Dyer, but they still didn't have enough evidence to, like, sh- actually connect her directly. They just, it was a lot of, like, circumstantial, we think right. this is it. So additional evidence they got from witnesses and info t- obtained from the Bristol police from where she had lived in the past. Mm. Like, just increase their concerns on whatever she was doing. So her home was actually placed under surveillance. And the officers used a young woman as a decoy. Which, like, it's funny because you don't think of these things happening in the 1800s. Like, that they're already... similar. Yeah, things like this happen now. Like, Mm -hmm. undercover is such a big thing. Um, So the young woman goes in and obviously, like, discusses with Dyer about her services, you know. And she's probably like, oh, I'm going to have a baby, blah, blah, blah. And so Dyer, who's expecting this new girl to call, she found detectives like waiting on her doorstep. So on April 3rd, the police raided her home and they were, oh my God. So this is the answer to my question. <laughs> they were completely like hit with the stench of human decomposition, even though none of the remains were found, which means that she must have left them in there dying and dead for right. like a super long time. And then one was like, oh, they might be onto me and like must have just dumped a fuck ton of babies. And like that smell is so hard to get rid of i witnessed it firsthand when i worked in animal control i had to go get animals from people who had died and like if you don't have family and stuff and you're sitting there for a while you can't that stench is yeah it's it's bad there's no denying it it's like you smell it once and for the rest of your life you know what that smells like so even though there were no human marines found there was like a absolute um over insane amount of evidence like white edging tape telegrams regarding all the adoption arrangements that she was quote unquote making like pawn tickets for kids clothing receipts for advertisements and letters from mothers requiring inquiring about the well-being of their children so a lot of these moms are like checking in because like they were just trying to do what was best right they were like i can't take care of this child i don't have money or the means or whatever so i'm gonna get it a nice home and then they're trying to check up and make sure they made the right decision they find out they gave their child to literally a baby murderer right and the white edging tape guys is gonna be important 
um, a little bit later on in this discussion. I am assuming that that's just something that people use like when they're sewing, but I don't actually know. Do we know what white edging tape is? Yeah. That's what I'm picturing it to be. So because uh, she it's ne- so it's needed to cover the exposed ends at the end of like a rod. Oh my god, I'm so smart. So I'm I'm assuming she used it to like. I think she used it when she was making corsets, but now she ends up using it to fucking strangle babies with. Yeah. So like that's fun. <laughs> yeah, that's what it sounds like. So the police obviously you know, had been putting all this evidence together and, you know, you can't just, like, go ahead and be like, I'm going to arrest you. Like, obviously you need evidence. And they've tried before. Right. So I'm sure at this point they wanted to do it right. So um, she had at least 20 children that had been placed in the care of Granny Smith. And, and in just a few months. Yeah. And then she had, she was going by Mrs. Thomas, which was actually her. But that was, like, her new alias. No, Mrs. Thomas is Granny Thomas. Oh, okay. Remember, like, so... Oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay, so I was right. Yeah, okay. Um, So then it appeared that she, like, was about to move again. Shocker. Mm -hmm. Um, But the rate of the murder, like, that she had done over the decades, they assumed at this point that she had killed over 400 babies and children, making her one of the most prolific murderers ever. Ever. Also why we covered her today, because she beat cray cray. She was finally arrested on April 4th and charged with murder. Her son-in-law, Arthur Palmer, was charged as an accessory... And then during, in April, the, like, six more bodies were found, including Doris Marmon and Harry Simmons, which were Dyer's last victims. And each baby had been strangled with white tape. Look at you go, Ariel. I know. What she later told police was how you could tell it was one of mine. That is so messed up. That's, like, and she's not even, she's not even upset about it. She's, nope. like, super proud. She's, like, and, like, obviously that's exactly mine. Duh. She would just, like, take these babies put the white tape around them and then throw them in like the river so like that's how they end up finding six more bodies is they dredge the thames river yeah and there were just like babies everywhere and like you have to think of like okay so where were all the other babies you like you know oh my gosh so then on may 22nd 1896 she appeared in court um and pleaded guilty to one murder (laughs) That of Doris Marmon, which I think it's not comical, but like I like how she's like obviously every baby that was strangled with white tape is mine. Right, but and even though you've found tw- like fifty of those, only one of them was mine. Right. Like okay, but you just said they'd all be yours. Yeah. Her family and associates testified that they had been growing suspicious and uneasy about her activities. Like speak up, seriously? People. How are you? I'm Can super you suspicious about um my cousin who's probably killing babies, but I'm not gonna say anything because no. like. It's just a suspicion. Right. I'm, I'm probably not right. Like, this is how bad things happen to the world. Exactly. Because just say something. Yeah, if you and see if, something, say, say something. something. Exactly. Um, and then, like, basically, they talked about all these things where they, like, almost caught her. Yeah. Like, had they, like, maybe, I don't know, like, pushed their way into the house or, like, right. call, like just came over instead of called. Like, she could have been caught so many times. Yep. And so evidence from a man who had seen and spoken to her when she disposed of two of the bodies... Also proved to be legitimate. Yep. Um, and her daughter gave graphic evidence. Like uh, that's I was thinking about that too. Like where are all your other kids? They clearly are realizing these babies are not going somewhere else. And I like, think that her and daughter was like living in the house as well. Yeah, I'm sure she was there with her. Like, what was the do- was the daughter like? It stinks in here, mom. Mm, right. Oh, and so all right. So you know how we talked about she went to asylums a bunch of times. Yeah. So I'm wondering if she did this to plan her insanity defense. 
Because it says that the only defense she offered was insanity. And she's like, well, I had to go to mental asylum like four different times. So that's why. But the prosecution was like, yeah, no. It took them literally four and a half minutes to find her guilty, guys. Like, it was 10 out of 10 guilty. Mm -hmm. Um, So three weeks she was sitting in her cell and she filled five exercise books with her last true and only confession. Um, and then she offers offered so like the chaplain goes you know obviously before her execution is like oh do you have any final words to say anything you want to confess like get off your chest and that still happens I mean death row obviously is significantly less right like executions are way less common today than they were then but like this is I mean you see these on TV shows but this does also happen right. they do give you the option to like cleanse your soul before you are getting murdered or killed or whatever. And so she was like, here's the book. Isn't that enough? Like, hoping that maybe she would get out of it all. I don't know. So she and was actually... also, her daughter is put on trial for murder as well. Our and friend- she was subpoenaed to appear as a witness, which, like, clearly you're unstable. And if right. your daughter learned it from anyone, it was clearly you. So, like, yes. what are you going to say? Oh, is my daughter's idea? Yeah, probably. I, <laughs> I don't understand. She, she obviously didn't care about um, But... It was ruled that she was already legally dead once sentenced because uh, because also then when you were sentenced for execution it happens like within a month right. like it, it wasn't, wasn't like you were on death row for like twenty five years right. and then you died on death row before you ever got executed it was like right. wham bam thank you ma'am right. you're gone um, so her evidence was would have been considered inadmissible so yeah. it wasn't delayed her execution at all um, she heard that the charges against her daughter were dropped on the eve of her execution. Mm-hmm. And then she was hanged by James Billington at Newgate Prison on Wednesday, June 10th, 1896. And then asked if she had anything to say. She literally said, I have nothing to say. Like, no shame. She gave zero fucks. Straight up no fucks whatsoever. Like, Like, you're about to let your daughter go down for murder because you taught her how to murder babies. And, like, zero fucks given. Nope. So, guys, that's Amelia Dyer. She was... I had so much fun researching her, though. Yeah, she was... Well, because, A, it's not someone you hear of. Right. Right? Because many serial killers that we've talked about and learned or even have documentaries are not about females. Right. Um, even another one that Ariel was looking into had said she had watched a documentary about it and, like, the whole time they talked about her husband. Yes. And she was like, but her who cares? Like, I want to learn about her. Yes, I, I, it was that very... Like, I feel like it was a very sexist documentary. <laughs> They were like, because, yes, her and her husband killed people together or whatever, and he was awful, but they were kind of just, like, threw it in, like, oh, and by the way, she was also a serial killer. The end credits, like... <laughs> and you, what? like, watch the whole thing, and you're like, okay, well, that felt like a big waste, so right. that's fine. But, yeah, so, the baby farmer, that's mm, Amelia, Amelia Dyer. Um, yeah, guys, that's what we got on her today. <sighs> so, yeah, she was a super interesting one, and she's the first of our... Um, three-parter I think that we have a females and we might do a few more after that but we're definitely gonna we're always trying to find cool um, serial killers that people yeah. don't talk about daily like obviously we will eventually do a huge Ted Bundy one because right. it's Ted Bundy but, but we definitely want everywhere yeah so, so like, let's take a break for a couple years and we definitely want to make sure we're you know talking about ones and we want to learn about yeah, new right. ones we're not just trying if you guys to have any that you want to recommend yes please uh, message us facebook instagram email anything um because we are more than happy to take suggestions and um chit chat for a half hour about whoever you want us to yeah 100 percent. so facebook instagram twitter we're serial killers cafe our email is serial killers cafe at gmail.com 
Very simple. Like us, rate us, all that fun stuff. And we hope you have a great Wednesday. Yes.